Jason Ward now just slowing down the clock. Connor Ryan cutting inside Paul Griffin. Great ball out to Declan Alley on his own. Johnny Noonan is screaming for it. He's making the run. Still calling for it inside. Declan Lally turns outside of the right boot. He thought he was Pele, I think, but that one. And the referee calls a halt to the game. That elusive title for St. Bridget's is coming home. Winning the championship was an amazing feat for the club. But personally, playing for Bridget's for about 20, 25 years, the only thing we ever won was uh, an intermediate championship. So to win a senior county title for the first time for the club was historic and a uh, momentous occasion for myself as well. The Dublin final win was unbelievable. I, I, you know, of all the celebrations in the club, I, there were people hugging and kissing each other and jumping around the place. You know, I've never seen such joy. Definitely the two victories, the one over Nafin in the semi-final and, and Kilmacud in the final were, were fantastic and the atmosphere and the excitement they brought to the club, both at, you know, at the matches and you know, the night after back here in the club. It was, it was unbelievable, unforgettable. I meant everything, Damien. It was the best day of my life. I grew up beside Fergie playing and I said, Dave, Fergie, I'll die happy. In October 2003, my local GAA club, St Bridget's, won the Dublin Senior Football Championship for the very first time in its 71-year history. I played underage football with St Bridget's, very badly I hasten to add, but I've remained for 25 years as a dedicated member of the club. I'm a broadcaster by trade, but I'm also a St. Bridget supporter. And these two situations have been married together to chronicle this radio diary of the team's maiden voyage into the Provincial Club Championship, which began in autumn in Dundalk and ended in Thurless last February. It's November the 8th, 2003, and the tour through the Leinster Football Championship begins in Dundalk. St. Bridget's have drawn loud champion St. Pat's. Bridget's club chairman is Porrick O'Dee. When I look at the edge of Leicester, I said that my main aim for the year would be to travel outside of uh, Dublin, get the Red and White Army someplace. And here we are in Dundalk, here we are with our Red and White Army and everybody that I visualised on that night are here. And I'm so proud of it and it's fantastic for the club. And in 10 minutes or 20 minutes it'll be all happening in the first place of championship. And this is the moment when the team come onto the field, led by team captain Jason Ward. Going up to Loud was, you know, totally into the unknown. But the plus side we had was Paddy. Obviously, Paddy's from Loud. He'd done an awful lot of homework. He knew all the lads. He knew how they were going to play. And we went up the week before and trained on the pitch where we were actually going to play the game. And that was a great advantage because the pitch was diabolical. You were up there yourself, Damien. You know what it was like. It was a tiny pitch. The crowd were right in around you. Very, very tight, which doesn't really suit us. So we went up and trained on it. So we were very familiar with the pitch, which was great because when we went up and played that day, there was no surprises. We knew it was going to be a very tough physical battle. We knew they were going to, you know, the, as I say, a live team would, would have an attitude where Dublin team were soft, so to speak, and uh, they definitely put it, up, put it up to us physically. But we were prepared for that. We knew that was going to happen. Teams think Dublin teams coming down are going to be very, very dirty, which wasn't the case. They were like throwing tackles in all over the place. You know, there was fists going in, and they're a very physical side. And um, it gave us quite a shock, to be honest, because it isn't like that in Dublin. You get they actually got a lot in, in Leinster. The games were a little bit more tougher, much more physical, and the refs had let more go. It's a tough physical game, but by half time, Bridget's are leading by six points to three. Raymond Gallagher is St. Bridget's star full forward.
I love playing football around that time of year. There's a great kind of a a, a cold kind of sharp bite, and a, you know it's there's something I'd rather play that time of year than in the summer for some reason. And I just remember the whole atmosphere was really great, and it was a bit electric atmosphere, you know. And it, it you know from the matches back to the club that them nights after the games, it was, it was something I'll never forget. We, we came up last night. Yeah, we stayed overnight. Well, in fairness to Brendan Galvin, for the last uh, five, six, seven years since we sort of got to the first county final, Brendan had the car and they had a, a half car, the roof cut off it, they had a, a little mini, they had a van and, you know, we, all, we were always aware of Brendan and the supporters and, in fact, the supporters, even in the two county finals we lost, were tremendous. But particularly um, when we went up to St. Pat's, that's when the supporters really became noticed and we actually sort of really took notice of the fact that they were really there to support us and drive the team on because in that game in particular, when it was very, very tight, close to the wire, the only people you could see were St. Bridges supporters and Brendan and the lads in the, in the, in the outfits and, and they let these flares and, you know, when, when, when the, you know, when we were put to the pin of our collars, the supporters really made noise and definitely they were an extra man on the pitch for us. Very important, yeah. The head is starting to begin to thump. I hope That's you don't go all the way to Paddy's. I won't be able to survive all the way to Paddy's day. Distinctly remember that particular game. The support after the game was great. You know, I was it was disappointed. Although we'd won, I was disappointed with the way we had performed, and I was you know a bit dejected after the game. But like the atmosphere they brought, and they had uh, whatever they had a few smoke bombs and whatever else there, the whole lot, and they really did travel in numbers, and they made great noise. The second half is nerve-wracking as St. Pat's almost snatched victory, but Bridget's managed to hold out for a one-point win. All time here at Dowdens Hill, following a cracker. St. Bridget's from Dublin, seven points. St. Patrick's from Louth, six. Back to you, Chris. We've got to be very grateful for the second half. Our boys are something else. They're great hard. They work with teams. There's no doubt about it. That's only the start of it. They showed that metal when it was asked for them. And no boys. They got out of jail a bit there. Yeah, okay, yeah. They were uh, it was a tough game, wasn't it? The best team won. Yeah, they so. did. I know we missed chances, but you know what I mean. They kicked an awful lot of whites. They did kick an awful lot of whites, you know. Ken or uh, Jason Moore. Uh, Jason Moore. And Declan Lally. Them three, you know. And now you have to mention Declan Cahill. Declan Cahill now. Declan Cahill in the back to Supreme now. Well, Lord uh, Ken Darcy caught one or two balls, and and Wardy, and Wardy, yeah, and the two of them, and it stuck to the. Oh, and, and nobody's a match them. Nobody. There's nobody a match. Them. No. Well, it's a uh, Sunday morning. It's the uh, 23rd of November. It's an absolutely gorgeous morning. We're waiting on the lads to arrive, and it's about five to eleven. Uh, you couldn't ask for better. It's. It's a bit brisk, but it's a great day for, for playing football and we're looking forward to the game. The Bridget Trilogy started in our first county final. Remember that four years ago, I think it was? And uh, we decided we'd do something mad. We went down to Dunsink Motors, <laughs> the, tra- the travellers down in Dunsink, and uh, we went around, we went window shopping down there and we bought a little brown mini. And we brought it up to the house, and you know, a big gang of us, Aidan McFall, John Peake, Glenn Markey, all Dickie Donovan, and uh, we painted it up, we spent the week painting it up and doing it up red and white and stuff like that. So we brought it down, so it was great out crack, but it didn't bring us any luck that year. But anyway, we got into the county final then the year after, or the second year after, and uh, we needed something different. Then we went down to Dunsink Motors again, and uh, we got, uh, what did we buy? Oh, we bought a little Mitsubishi, Mitsubishi van, you know, the little squash high aces. 
they got one of them painted up red and white as well oh, more crack again so that didn't bring us any luck anyhow so at this stage now people were getting a bit dodgy about it alright they enjoyed it like I said it's not bringing us any luck so this county final particularly Key Keane threatened me physically threatened me don't do a car don't do a car but we did anyhow so we went down we didn't go to Jason McGarrell actually got us this uh, Volkswagen Jetta and uh, we said okay now it's a boring old car we're going to have to do something mad to it so what do we do cut off the roof <laughs> so the roof is off and she's painted up and she's ready and it brought us good luck this year anyhow so we're allowed to bring it around now but uh, bringing it down to Mullingar now and I don't know about the journey I don't know whether it'll make it so if anyone sees us down in Parter or Kindergarten Tumman <laughs> they better give us a lift <laughs> I had to rearrange the plastic because the seats got soaking wet we don't want wet arses going down here is she diesel? she's yeah. diesel yeah when she gets it <laughs> <laughs> Mike Lowe's saying no license, no. <laughs> Wind her up there in the front, will you? <laughs> Give it a kick. Get, get the starting handle there. <laughs> oh, now we're sucking diesel. Bring his head. Pull guy, here we go. The Leinster football semi-finals begin at 2 o'clock where Arles Kilcruz of Leash meet Kildare champions Ryan Towers in Carlow while Dublin St Bridget's take on Longford's Clongish in Mullingar at the same time. You got here anyway, Brendan. Yeah, Bridgie made it right. We had to stop in Kinnegad now for another pit stop. It was nothing to do with the car, it was something to do with it. we were frozen. <laughs> the, old fr- the old toes are freezing. But I uh, know we made it then, alright. Bit of a wobble at one stage, we're all right, we're here now. Into the unknown again, Clonlish, we'd sort of watch them. We'd watch every Paddy did a tremendous job in terms of um, doing a lot of coverage and sort of uh, homework on all of the teams we were playing. So we did a lot of video work. We watched lots of videos of them. You know, the team as a whole, we weren't arrogant or cocky or pompous during the game, but we sort of knew deep down that, you know, we had enough players on the pitch. In terms of our team, we've got 15 good quality players, but a lot of the teams we played maybe had two or three class players, whereas we're a better blend, I'd imagine. So, yeah, we got a shock, but I think deep down we knew that we could probably beat those guys. Yeah. Good afternoon and welcome to Cusick Park in Mullingar. Yes, our featured game on Channel Side Sunday Sport today. The meeting of Clongish and St. Bridges in the Leinster Senior Football Club Championship semi-final. The referee in the centre of the field is Pat Fox. Pat Fox, the referee from Westmead, had awarded a penalty before the ball was sent to the back of the net. So no goal for Clongish. However, they have a penalty from the penalty spot against Paul Kane, the goalkeeper for the St. Bridges side. Let's see what Barden can do with this one. He steps up, he's going to strike it right footed and he sends it to the back of the net. Half time from Cusick Park in Mullingar. It's uh, Clongish of Longford, two goals and two points. St. Bridges, the Dublin champions, uh, six points. Another way looking at it is four, what is four scores to six as well, you know what I mean? We've, we've had many wides. It's six, six wides. I don't think I'd bring anyone on. Only you can do is Darcy or Colin McLean. What, what, what are you going to do with McLean? Sure, Kevin Bonner's skin was mad inside there. Opportunity for Kenneth Darcy making inwards. Shot comes in and a goal! A goal for St. Bridget's. Crash to the back of the net by Kenneth Darcy. And that could well be a turning point in the game. 11 and a half minutes played in the second half. And Kenneth Darcy has rattled the ball to the back of the net. And a goal for St. Bridget's. There's on a run. One on one for Geller. Opportunity for a goal shot. Absolutely fabulous goal. Five minutes, five minutes gone now. So I 
We're into a fifth minute now of stoppage time. The referee's going to have to call a halt to this game. I think this will be the last kick of the game. Paul Keane now with the kick out. And the referee calls a halt. Performances from the likes of Mickey Galvin and Ken Darcy. Just before we move, we'd ask Mick Galvin from St. Bridges to step forward to accept the man of match award from Stephen Bridge from the other very fine sponsors of the Leicester Cup Championship. Hold on, Mickey. I think we were a lot, we were, we only won by two points, but. We were probably six, eight points better team than them, you know. But again, we kind of we let them back into it in the last ten minutes, and they tagged over a few points. But overall, I was pleased with that performance. What a performance, huh? Brilliant, wasn't it? Well done, Dick. Declan Darcy, you didn't start the game, but you were on the field at the end. Some battle out there. Fantastic! I was up in the stand watching the game, like. When there's goals like that going in left, right and centre, you don't know what way it's going to be a bit of a lottery, but we had to keep our discipline and our shape throughout the game. And if we do that, we, we, we thought that we'd, have, we'd be there, thereabouts at the end. And that's what transpired at the end. We just worked them down until we eventually got the victory, you know. Well, Paddy, what, do, what did you make of that game? Nerve-wracking. <laughs> One word, nerve-wracking. Uh, but I always knew, again, I always knew about the team. I always believed class until in the end. you sleep tonight, Paddy. I'll sleep well tonight. I will sleep well tonight after that. By as I will. I can tell you that. The news talk 106 sport here, Sinead Thanks, Cleona. In Gaelic Games, St. Bridges are through to the final of the Leinster Club Senior Football Championship. The Dublin champions overcame Clonkish of Longford by two points, two goals and 11 points to three goals and six points in the semi-final in Mullingar today. After the match, Padder Andrews was delighted with the win. It was, it was magnificent for this time of year and I think it was a great game of football and all credit to Clonkish. They really came, came at us. They, ne- they never laid down. They, get, they got their goals and they really made a fight of it. I think we're just happy to, to come away with the victory and looking forward now to the Leinster final. Right, we're away. Ah, good tackle, Keith, son. Good tackle. That's it, Wardy, son. That's it, Wardy. Jerry and Paddy came in, and Jerry in particular. It was totally a professional uh, uh, outfit in terms of the training, and the facilities, food after training, and preparation. Everything was like a, a county team. Against four, I need two. That's four against four. I need two down here. There's too many lads. I want two bibs and two non-bibs down here. Um, I play county with Dublin and Leitrim, and this setup was, uh, you know, definitely on a par with that, if not better. And the training methods, the way we train, the structure training, the drills, it wasn't, you know, running lads around the pitch, you know, 100 laps driving us into the ground. It was all a method to everything we did in terms of the drills, um, the matches we played. We played inter-county matches against Wicklow, Mead. Um, you know, so the, the training, the level of training was really, really upped. The tactical awareness of Jerry and Paddy was, was tremendous. Um, every game was a lot of homework done in terms of who we were going to play, how we were going to play them, how players on the pitch were actually going to play. So every last evening, detail was uh, was looked at and they to be honest with you whatever team we had uh, I think if we hadn't had Jerry and Paddy we definitely wouldn't have won the championship last year Jerry McEntee would have had the experience of winning a few All-Irelands he played for Meath for over a decade I think you know when he'd been through the middle and he knew what it, what it took to be at the top and I suppose Paddy Clark had been coaching football teams for 
guts of 30 years, you know, and he'd been around county teams, various club teams. He was even involved in the international rules team, you know. So I suppose they brought that experience and and uh, maybe just took, took us a wee step further and maybe probably particularly with Jerry, he would have brought a discipline to, to us, you know, and uh, probably got the best out of us at training and maybe that was just this, that slight bit that made the difference, you know. Boil down into a dog fight. Alright? So it won't be long, it's 25 to 8. You're out here since half seven, you're already not starting at half seven, and we'll be gone in before 20 tonight. Alright? Barry Cal, finals coming up now on Sunday week. Uh, have you mixed emotions, Barry, because you're not playing? I do a bit, all right, but um, I've noticed this last June that I wouldn't be playing in either the Dublin Championship or the Leinster Championship if we'd got that far. So it's not as though it's uh, come as a shock to me, you know, I've come to terms with it at this stage and just hopefully we can uh, go on and win the final and then I might get a shot at playing in one of the All-Ireland Club semi-finals. In the next couple of weeks I should be able to kick a ball. I have to meet the surgeon in four weeks' time and hopefully he'll give me the all-clear to resume full training from the new year on. OK, lads, we're kicking the ball to each other. The man with the ball calls the pass. Just call Rory to a man who's 30 yards away. Stick it on his chest. No burns. Little did you know you'd be next. St. Bridget's has members from every county in Ireland. Tipperary man Jerry Nolan is one of the club's best known ambassadors. Yeah, I mean, I'm involved with Bridget's since 1968 when I came to town first. Football club then. Since then, Bridget's have developed a massive big club. But football is, is, is the mainstay of the Bridget's club. And to, to be in that club, and what does you come from? It's the greatest day ever in Bridget's club. To be playing in the Leinster club final with maybe 10,000 people in Navan. You know, lads with Kildare coming up there, all county men. We have great county men. It's, unbe- it's an unbelievable feeling. Now, we, Sunday morning, we have something on here in the club Sunday morning. But we, we're all heading for Navan immediately after that hurling match, you see. And that's what this club is about. And this, this is the day we all live for. And, and, and you know, we're winning the county this year. And we're going to play in Leinster. And, and hopefully it goes from there. And if, if it doesn't, sure, it's still a brilliant year for the club. Like. Best year ever, ever in my life for the club. And we'll, we'll, we'll do Dublin and Bridges for Sunday. The team has been named for the Leinster final. Declan Cahill will, as usual, play at full-back, along with his brother Martin at cornerback. The older brother, Dermot, is also on the panel. I was diagnosed with cancer. Um, I had just gone 25. So, like any man, you're in your prime at that yeah. stage. You've got your whole life ahead, you know. It was a big, big shot. Um, but I had great family and friends around me. They, they helped me now. Work colleagues in Selbridge, they were fantastic as well. Um, they, they, they were unbelievable. They were a source of comfort for me. And um, the club has been fantastic as well. Um, you know, the players were in, in to see me all the time in hospital. And, uh, you know, they always encouraged me. When I first back went tra- back training as well, um, you know, the, the, uh, the goodwill that was there from, from, from them towards me was fantastic now. And yeah, I obviously couldn't speak high enough of them now, definitely. We have to be in Navan for 20 past 12, half 12 tomorrow afternoon. Um, we'll have a bite to eat, something, something light. Um, a bit of a laugh, a bit of banter among ourselves. We'll make our way down to Park Touch and then for probably one, quarter past one, walk around the pitch, have a look around. We'll get togged out for around half one, out in the pitch 10 minutes later, do our warm-up and uh, Jerry and Paddy will say their few words. And then it's in the hands of the football gods as, as the man says after that. Keep going, keep going. Come on, lads, have you away from him? It's 12 minutes to go, Damien, in what is... A relegation playoff, really, for all instances for Bridget's. Kieran's are county champions, league champions, and Bridget's are two points up 
fighting against a really strong Crave Kira on comeback. Two different aspects of uh, GAA life in Dublin. A senior hurling team struggling for survival and a senior football team about to play the pinnacle of Leinster Club football. And there's a good point for Bridget there. Put the three points up. It was scored by your brother, wasn't it? What? Which one was it? Keen. Was it? Yeah. Keen Manny. Well, Keen is another proud man owner of the uh, Mahoney Arse which is on display proudly by both Cian and Dermot O'Mahony It's about uh, two and a half hours before the senior football game down the road in Navin. Matty Keane, you've two sons playing with the footballers but uh, it's a good start to the day Great start, fabulous to stay up in senior hurling again, it's as important nearly as the match this evening but it should boost the lads the lads who, who, should, who couldn't be here because of the football match. So it has to be a great boost for them. Just, uh, they we're still in the senior horn. Now, Matty, you're going down, are you? Uh, definitely, yeah. Definitely. You're, you're, Where you're, I'm going now, we'll be down in Avon someplace. Because you're, you're a man known for uh, not, not being able to see out the full game. Well, I am indeed. Well, especially when you have two lads probably playing. You know, it's an extra bit of pressure. And, yeah. and there's only been so many years um, gone into getting a team, you know, yeah. and going this far. Like, it's a bit, a bit nerve-wracking. Oh, right, the okay. cards are getting anxious. We, we, right. give, we give our new horn for today as well. Yeah. <laughs> Me? No going here. Hey! And there they go, off to Navin. Well, Brent, you've arrived. Ah, we arrived, yeah, just about, yeah. <laughs> I've got a journey down. It was as cold as the Mullingar. It's grand, not a bother. Just get parking the car up at the pitch. Oh, she parked it right beside the pitch, yeah, ready for a quick getaway. <laughs> Probably in the Lancer final we were under a bit more pressure. We we were strong favourites and uh, we were expecting to win ourselves and everyone else was expecting us to win. So we knew we you know if we didn't want to leave it behind us. We knew we were capable of, of winning it, but and that's no disrespect to round hers. We just we knew that if we performed to to uh, to the best of our ability, that we would win, or we felt we would win anyway. Let's go to the Leinster Club football final. A big crowd, I'm sure, at Park Tolgen in Navan. A novel pairing for a Leinster Club final. And me all of the game is underway a few minutes. And I think I saw a whole load of Santa Clauses dressed up there at Park Tolgen in Navan. Have you seen them? Well, it's an amalgam of altar boys and Santis. They're fellows of St. Bridget's. They're extremely noisy. The game has started three minutes ago. Very, very lively pace. How do you think Who's it's going the game so far? Well, I'm impressed by the way Bridget's did. They started off... First point, give them a great boost early on. Tony? Yeah, I'm happy enough, uh, Damien, how they're doing. Yeah. Uh, a, a great game goal. of football it is too. Yeah. Well, we got a great goal and uh, right away uh, they came back and got another one right away. So it, 
make, I'll make for a good game and uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll hang on. Uh, well, yeah, hopefully we'll hang on. Yeah. They've reached the halfway point at uh, Park Talchin in Navan, the Leinster Club football final St. Bridget's of Dublin against Round Towers of Kildare. And it's a pretty good game. Michal Amara Hertig. A pretty good game. The score at half time. Nev Reid, Ochunde, Oxley, a goal and six points. Round Towers and Kildare, a goal and five. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, up on. The sun's still shining, the crowd is no more than 4,000 people. They're really enjoying it, the older boys and the Sandies in unison below with their beards and their hats and their dressed in red. And now Declan Lally, Lally shot himself, he gets it away, that's all, Declan Dassey, Declan Dassey has it, no back inside him, there's one inside him, two inside him, Dassey still in the right hand side, kicks it high in the air, Connors it across and Connors it over the bar, a fantastic point by Declan Dassey, the man that captain leads him to win the Connacht title in 1994. Is hidden from my view with smoke at the moment. The ball blocked by Ken Dassey in the centre yeah! of the game. The game is over. And St. Bridget, the Dublin County football champions for the year 2003, are now the Leicester AIB Club football champions for the that? same year. The I'm delighted. It was a great display the there, especially towards the end. And uh, they definitely were entitled to win it. Yeah, they were the best team on there. Uh, Very relieved and absolutely delighted. Vincent's UCD, Parnells, Thomas Davis, Kilmacrod, Cox, and Nafina. Now the name of St. Bridget is to be added on to those. Hello, Caller! It wasn't a case of we were going in and I had a speech prepared, we're definitely going to win this game. It was a game we went in and you know it hung in the balance for a lot of the time. So um, while there was a bit of an anti-climax, it was still a huge occasion and a great game to win. The cup has just been presented to Jason Ward, the captain. I managed to waylay one of the stars of the game, Mick Galvin, left half-back. I'm not sure what you scored in the game, even though you were a defender. Well, at times I, I pushed forward with the rest of the lads, but... At times I found myself up there and I got a rush of the blood at one stage and, and got a goal, but it's all just a bonus at this stage. It was just a savage team effort. <laughs> Martin Cavill, well, you're back in the dressing room, Leinster champion. It's a hell of a good feeling. I'm not going to lie to you, David. I'm not going to lie to you. It's brilliant. had a not went out and won Leinster I think we it maybe would have taken away a wee bit from winning Dublin or I would have felt we had left something behind you know Kiki you're back in the club uh, about three or four hours after victory this must be a great moment for you it's magic uh, Damien uh, seeing all these kids all the fireworks everything is just Marvellous. Just probably won't, won't sink home until probably tomorrow down the road some for a few scoops. Um, Mark Ryder, you play down, middle of the field. You go up, right, go on, half back, is it? Can I go 
It's 10 days before the All-Ireland semi-final and Mayo man and club secretary Tony Hegarty is putting his pupils through a training session at St Bridget's National School in Castlenock. St Bridget, as you know, she came from Fahard in County Loud and around the middle of the 6th century, she, I'd say she trod around this area in the, on her way to Kildare to found her first convent. And uh, presently at the moment she left a great legacy to us here. As you can see, the children out here playing football and hurling now, they all wear the St Bridget's crest. So naturally enough, she did, she did leave a mark here. Some might say she played camogie at some stage with a Bridget's team on her way down, but we, that can be argued. Uh, in the area, St Bridget's here in Castleknock, this national school, we have about 800 pupils. And down the road we have St Bridget's of Blanchardstown, who also wear the St Bridget's cross. Um, School Nave Breed, as we're both known as in the Irish, it's a great, a great tradition here in the area. And this school is, it dates back to 1865. Our own GA club, which is adjacent here to this in, in the Castleknock area, Blanchardstown area, it's uh, 1932. So, I mean, it, it dates back a fair amount of time, and there is a massive tradition there. In the area also, we have the St. Bridges Wells, uh, one in the Castleknock village, and we have one down near enough in Blanchardstown in the Mulhuddard area. And we have also, we have, uh, we have St. Bridges Church in Blanchardstown, and the St. Bridges has left her trademark all over the place. She's, she's a, a mighty woman, really, you could say. Well, after winning the Lancet title, everyone was hungry and said, God, yeah, this would be great to win a... Uh, a semi-final of an All-Ireland and get into an All-Ireland final. Everyone was looking to St. Patrick's Day, but the break definitely you know, hindered us. I know it's the same for everybody, but I think there's more distraction in Dublin for, for younger lads over Christmas and uh, just into the new year. So the preparation, it went well, but we, I think we took our eye off the ball. You know, the, the amount of training we did, we trained, we trained, we trained, but trying to keep the momentum and the, and the hunger there was difficult. So I would have preferred if you could have had your All-Ireland final you know, just before Christmas, if that was possible. I think we would have had a different result. A great choice of live international football on two Sky Sports channels tonight. But right here, right now, live from Lansdowne Road for the Republic of Ireland against Brazil. It's the Wednesday night before the Gaeltacht game. Brazil are in town to play Ireland in a soccer friendly. A big night for them. But it's also a big night for the Bridgets players. The team is named for the game in Thurles. Yeah, we've announced the team to the players tonight and uh, there's one change in there we're delighted to welcome back uh, Barry Cahill um, who's, who we feel has recovered sufficiently now from a horrendous injury that he had last, uh, last summer and uh, Barry comes into the defence uh, Mick Galvin moves up into the forward lane and Johnny Nunes the unfortunate one this time round to lose out I suppose it is a good achievement to be back playing so early I hadn't really envisaged being back playing in February competitively anyway um, I suppose the end of March was more of a realistic target for me, so I'm glad I'm a bit ahead of schedule and thankful I am so I can fill, my, fill the place on Sunday. It's Saturday night, the night before the game. The red and white army have descended on Thurlis for the biggest game in the club's history. We're in the, the, pub, the, the, the Abbey, Abbey pub in Holy Cross. Uh, all my mates are Kevin Ryan, John's son in law, my mate at John's office, Sandra. You know Michael Dodd, the manager of last year, and yes. son Johnny, a great temporary hurler, President Mitch, the chairman. Steve Position is GA around here. This, this, is, the, this, this is the GA, lads. Introduce it, it, this man to me, John. Uh, the, the man on my right is John Dial, allegedly John Dial. 
when our eight All-Irelands seen a hurling medalist. Never flinched again in any life. He bet hurling was dangerous, tough lads. There was no camera behind the goal. There was half pulling around the square long ago. John never asked, asked that from anyone, never got anyone. And all them men are the best of pilots today, lads. They're all talking about this and that's another thing. But John Dyer and them for to kill Kenny Cork, the whole lot, the whole from Limerick. They're all, they're all die for each other, all them men. And that's what hurling's about, lads. And it's a game of about, lads. Uh, John, are you going to be supporting Bridget's tomorrow? I'd like to see him win, actually, yeah. yeah. I think it'll be good for the game, see him win, yeah. Why do you think it'll be good for the game? Ah, they only have to come up and, uh, you know, they're, they're up against it in Dublin with all the different codes that's playing there and all like that, and, and I think it's good, it's good to see St. Bridges progress like that. Eight All-Ireland medals, Sam. Yeah. yeah. Do you think the, you know, eight All-Ireland senior medals... It'd be easily achieved by a player in the future. But I hope somebody does, you know, because, I mean, records are there to be broken. Yeah. You know what you're here, folks. Uh, you're all in the Anaron life, but we moved our country just small. We moved west to Holy Cross, the real home of hurling. Uh, I'm right, Mr. John Dial. Behind us, a band named Eastern Half Class. So there's an acoustic band. A little bit of stretch there for the band, please. That's the best, best of all. Though. Thank you very much. It's Sunday morning and the train to Thurless is about to leave Houston Station. Hundreds of St. Bridget's supporters in red and white are about to get on board what's been nicknamed the Santa Express. We're not going down for scenery, we're going down to win the match. We're fairly confident, Joe. I think we have a better all-round team than uh, Gail Talk. They're very strong down the middle, but we have a good team. We're going uh, with full, full of confidence and we expect our, our team to perform as it performed all year and hopefully we'll be in Croke Park on Patrick's Day. If they produce the football they're capable of, there's no team in Ireland to live with them. Meanwhile, back in Thurless. Horacadee, chairman of the club, about 20 minutes before the throw-in, are you nervous? Yes, yes, indeed, I'm very nervous, to tell the truth, but uh, it's coming right. The boys are just getting together in the dressing room, just left the dressing room. They're, they're all in very good form and good shape, and that's for that's what matters. This is everything, sure. This is what the club is about, isn't it? This is really what, where everybody comes together and they all knuckle down and support us from all over the country and it's fantastic. Special, special, very special. Good luck, lads. Gunnigal player, won an up to championship for Gunnigal as well. 
The old boys, the altar boys stand at the far side of the field. They're saluting that goal for Christian. The breeze is with them. They need one three to one point. Made a bit of ground. Hits it off out to the right now. So Graham Norton Norton gets it back to which the stole. Referee decides it's half time. Real defensive stadium for the Norton. Well, it's half-time and uh, the president of the GEA, Sean Kelly, is here supporting Gaelic Talk, no doubt. Well, the president has to be neutral. <laughs> I'm supporting Gaelic football. I, mean, I suppose uh, whatever team wins, I think, will deserve to win. It's a good game. If I had to call it, I'd say Bridget's a little bit ahead, but I wouldn't be betting on it. It's ten minutes into the second half and still anyone's game. Then Declan Laddie gets the ball on the right wing from where he raced through and struck for goal. Yes! Goal! Yes! What a goal! Come on, Bridget! Second to go, a tracking goal by Declan Laddie for Bridget. They now lead 2 3 to 5 points. But the Bridget celebrations were short lived as Gail Tucked replied 60 seconds later with a goal of their own. We're three minutes into it, we charge the Gail to lead by three points, attacking down the right hand side. The game is over. I was caught certain telling the Gail that they had Cannon's club, they have been ahead and Lord of Hardy, the ball get broken. The players are through and they are waiting to go. It's a new country. Yes, I'm the strongest team. Yeah, big strong team. And, um, it's very hard to come into a losing restroom. I've been in enough of them. But um, just on behalf of the players, we, we, went, uh, we were just over the moon and it's, it's, we won't make many ones, but we're delighted. Like, but I think like the, you're, you're such a strong club that you'll be back again. Like, but um, we're going to make the most of it. And I, thanks for the great sporting game and we hope, we hope you're back next year. Thank you. I actually spoke to Darrow O'Shea after the game and had a good chat with him and wished him well. And after he spoke in the dressing room, it was just, you know, as you said, an eerie silence. The lads went into the showers, there was no talking, people changed, came back in, and it was, you know, a pin could have dropped. It was some performance. Not once, yeah. All year. You know, obviously, I've been, I've been on a lot of losing teams. We were playing for Fermanagh. We never really we won too much. You know, and I've been in a lot more losing dressing rooms than I have winning anyway. And I've had a lot of gut-wrenching defeats. You know, we've been annihilated. You know, they've been very low points. But I think that in Gale Talk match was probably the lowest. I think everyone knew inside themselves, and uh, it's a different, different feeling from when you're away and everyone's bubbly and there's a bit of slag and a bit of banter and and whatnot. But in defeat, like it's especially in the manner of the defeat, there's there was nothing you could say. You know, no one. I don't think anyone could look at each other. We couldn't even lift our head to look someone in the eye. It was just as you say, it was a quite eerie place to be. And when you think back, 14 months to where we start her out from. It's been an incredible achievement. Well, Porrick, uh, defeat, uh, you were confident before the game. Has it sunk in yet? Uh, yeah, it just has. It just has, it has sunk in, yeah. yeah. We're, we're disappointed because we, we just maybe... We scored 17 points in games, 14 points in games, and today we got three, two very good goals. But some of these things happens in the game, and 
uh, when you get your chance. I'd say maybe I would expect two or three times to could beat that team, but on the day we couldn't just do it. So we have to accept our defeat. And it's disappointing because we know we're so close to, to the real glory. We just have to accept it. That's the, that's the game. And see it as a game. And say thanks to the lads for their performances because they put a lot of hard work into it all year. I'm going to go over to the far side. Is that all right, lads? Okay. Thanks. The party had come to an end in a flash, literally. We just didn't seem to turn up that day. Well, not the team that had thrilled us all year. And what stands out was the dressing room. It was eerily quiet. All you could hear was the hiss of the showers. And it's a strange irony, but before last year's Dublin Championship campaign began, the club organised a fundraising variety night in the Dreyck Theatre in Blanchestown. It was a great club night, and even some of the players, they were up on the stage singing and dancing as well. And Brian O'Donnell, a great club member, brought the curtain down that night singing Joe Dolan's song, Goodbye Venice, Goodbye. And it was kind of sad because it was such a great night, we didn't want it to end. We were all there, amateurs, up on this big stage, and we were having a ball, and... You know, as I walked across the pitch at Semple Stadium on the evening of February the 22nd, after losing the game against Gaeltacht, I could hear the hum of goodbye Venice, goodbye in the back of my mind. Brian O'Donnell bringing down the curtain on the variety night. Joe Dolan bringing down the curtain on a great year for the club. It was a symbolic coincidence. Ultimately, it was the, be- the best football year of my life. It was great for family, friends, the club, everything. It was just absolutely tremendous. 